Well, welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is my fellow host, Ariel. What's up? <laughs> and today, we're going to be discussing part one of Skyward Sword. So Ariel has brought us a very interesting summary. What do we got, Ariel? The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword is the 16th main installment of the Legend of Zelda series. It's the first Legend of Zelda game created specifically with the Wii in mind and requires Wii Motion Plus. And upon its North American release, a special edition Skyward Sword bundle became available at the price of $69.99 and it included a copy of Skyward Sword as well as a gold Wii Remote Plus. A gold Wiimote? Yeah, that would be awesome. And additionally, a limited edition CD featuring music from the Legend of Zelda 25th Anniversary Symphony Concerts. I absolutely love that CD. I have that CD. I bought it separately. It's a fantastic CD. (laughs) (laughs) So then the last little thing I have is a high-definition remaster of the game, Skyward Sword HD, was released on July 16th, 2021. And that is the one we played, because I was not about to bust out the Wii all over again (laughs) and suffer through those Wiimote controls. Oh, come on. (laughs) The Wii is a lot of fun. So a couple things I want to note here. Though it was made specifically for the Wii and the controls were kept in mind and everything else. I found it, I don't know how many of our listeners would agree with this, but I found it very frustrating to use the Wiimote throughout this because there were times where you had to climb ropes and you had to scale across, you know, small beams and you had to balance and it was, it was just frustrating. I am going to have to differ from you on this because I love <laughs> the Wiimote. <laughs> Well, we'll agree to disagree then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with the summary out of the way and some very interesting things, thank you for bringing those to us because I had no idea they released a gold Wiimote. I missed out on that. Yeah. I will jump us into the story. Now, I'm going to summarize some things so we can get through this and get to the parts that, you know, the juicy parts. (laughs) So... Before the events of Skyward Sword, we know that the demonic forces rose from the earth. Now, the way they rose from the earth is the earth cracked and evil demonic forces rushed out of the fissures that were created. They rose to the earth and they were just destroying everything, killing everything in their path. And this was all in pursuit of the Triforce. We know that the goddess Hylia and her armies on the land fought back valiantly, but to no avail. The last ditch effort was to send her people into the sky and keep them safe with the goddess sword and the Triforce. So with all that being said, we jump into the events of the game. When you first start the game, you are immediately woken up by a giant bird spitting a letter directly into your face as is the Legend of Zelda game you know kind of trope 
Link's always asleep at the beginning of the game because he's a lazy bones. Now, it's important to note that before he's awoken, though, he has a terrible dream. It is a dream of this gigantic evil beast, which we find out later is the imprisoned. And it's it's just it's just a terrifying dream for him. He sees this big creature. He hears these voices. It's it's chaos for him. And then he gets woken with a letter in the face. (laughs) When he opens the letter, it's from Zelda. Um, Zelda basically says, you know, good morning. Time to wake up. Today's the big day. It's the wing ceremony. And for those of you who are wondering, what's the wing ceremony? Well, this is a ceremony that happens in Skyloft, which only one person from the class can graduate to knighthood. And it is a series of basically aerobatics so you hop on your loft wing you're gonna fly and you're gonna race to try and catch something we'll get to it later during the events of it because I don't want to spoil it just yet but it is a test of agility endurance and your bond with your loft wing to see if you're ready to become a knight so you get done and you go through the tutorial stuff you know you gotta learn how to use your sword and you gotta do this and you gotta do that and you're you're going through and then you can't find your loft wing. Your loft wing's gone. And th- we introduce the bullies. <laughs> so we have for our bullies in this game, we have good old red-headed Groose, which we talked about in an earlier episode. We have Colin and Stretch. Now Colin and Stretch are his kind of his flunkies. They just kind of follow him around. And this is one of my favorite parts because Zelda gets into Groose. She starts screaming at Groose because he's picking on Link and, you know, just giving him a what for. Zelda, Zelda's got a dude. <laughs> so eventually, after all of this happens, you learn that Groose, Colin, and Stretch are responsible for your loft wing being missing. So you have to go through this waterfall cave after practicing the sword and everything else, you slice down these this cage that your loft wings in. And this is where we first get our demonstration of the Wiimote, you know, controls. We have to, you know, wave the Wiimote horizontally, diagonally, you know, vertically to get those specific slashes. So before you free your loft wing, Zelda hears a strange voice. She tells you, don't worry about it. It's nothing. And you guys go and free the Loftwing. Now, this is important because what happens next? After they find the Loftwing, Zelda then asks Link if he heard the same voice she heard earlier. And she feels like someone is calling out to her. She then proceeds to tell him that, you know, it may be something to do with the land beneath the clouds called the surface now it's important to note here that to the skyloftians the surface is just a fairy tale it'd be no different if you told somebody down the street that there is a city in the sky they'd be like okay it's a fairy tale and this is important because of what happens later after you find the loft wing you know you guys brush it off you brush all this stuff off and you just fly off to the ceremony together So ceremony starts and Zelda tells you about, you know, how she has, she hopes you win 
and she can't wait to fly off with you and enjoy the clouds together because that's your prize. If you win, not only do you get a special prize from Zelda, but you also get to fly around, you know, tandem with her and her Loftwing. So who wouldn't want that prize, right? <laughs> so, you know, you go through the events, you have to gab a bird statue. This is the item I was talking about during the ceremony. Link has to get a bird statue. Now, of course, Groose and his flunkies are up to no good and they're throwing rotten loftwing eggs at you the whole time. You're sailing through. You manage to get it. You come back down and Zelda couldn't be happier. She tells you how you know, excited she is and this, that, and the other. And then you proceed to complete the rest of the ceremony with her, which is she gives you the sailcloth and you are then required to land utilizing the sailcloth. Which, another thing that was very difficult for me with the Wiimote. <laughs> but once this is all done, Link and Zelda, you know, they they go off on their, their tandem ride. And this is where everything goes sideways. As you're riding tandem with Zelda, a black tornado just appears out of nowhere and immediately takes Zelda and her Loftwing away. It just completely knocks them out of the sky and it throws you and your loft wing ajar as well. So after you're thrown ajar, you basically fall unconscious. Your loft wing takes you back. During your sleep, you have this terrible dream. Zelda's gone and, you know, you're having this terrible dream, this nightmare again, the big beast again. And then you wake up to this voice and fi. So you follow this creature, this thing, through some hidden doors and corridors and pathways, and it brings you to none other than the goddess sword. You pull the goddess sword from the stone and reveals that you're the chosen hero of the goddess. And Fi introduces herself as the, essentially the AI for the blade you know, artificial intelligence for the sword. Come on, what is going on? <laughs> goddess, you know, she reveals that the goddess Hylia created her to help the hero on his path. And she gives you your first tablet and opens this tablet, opens up a pathway to the surface. Well, at this point, Zelda's father shows up, Gapora, and Gapora explains that he knew something like this would happen eventually. Now, it's important to note that during this entire time, they've explained that this is the 25th anniversary of the night ceremony. So that's important because we have no idea how long these people have been in the sky, but we do know that they've had nights for at least 25 years. And Gapura at this point reveals that he's had generations of his family members passing the story down. So even though, like I said, Time frame here is undetermined how long we've been in the sky, but we know we've had nights. We've had established protection in the sky for at least 25 years. And this is a callback to the 25th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda series. So Gapora explains all this and then you go off on your quest. Now, I'm not going to go through every single place that you go to. You know, we'll leave that for when we start talking about NPCs in the next episode and locations and enemies but 
you have to travel around. The first phase of this game is traveling around, getting all the tablets. And throughout this time, you f- you find out you're basically tailing Zelda. And this is where we get the introduction of another character, or another two characters. We get Impa, which is the, she reveals is she is the guardian of the goddess Hylia. And throughout this segment, she reveals to us that Zelda is the reincarnation of the goddess Hylia. And she's taking her to all these sacred spots to regain her memories as the goddess. She also puts you down a little bit and says, you're never here making it in time. What kind of hero are you? How come? How are you the chosen hero of the goddess? Can't even make it here in time to protect her. You know? And we get none other than the quite odd villain, Girahim. Girahim introduces himself at the very first place we go to, in the temple in the Farron Woods, and he fights you here. And he constantly reintroduces himself. You know, you get to the second temple in the Elden Volcano after getting the Ruby Tablets. There, instead of fighting you himself, once you find that, you know, this is where Zelda was captured at and released by Impa, he sticks Skaldera on you. And, you know, it's just kind of this cat and mouse game until we get to the Amber Tablet. Which brings us to the Lanayru mining facility. And this is where the game really ramps up. Because after we get done doing with all this, and we get through to the Gate of Time, just before Link can reach Zelda, Garaham breaks through this wall. He shows up and he just starts laying in to Impa. Impa just starts putting up barrier after barrier. She sho- basically, you know, shoves Zelda into the portal and this is where Zelda right before she goes in throws you her harp and this is important because this is the second phase of the game is where we need to do some things but Garaham he starts whomping on Impa and when Impa just falls to her knees and can't take anymore this is where you really shine you come in with your sword and you start whomping on Garaham and giving giving time Impa to get away. Before she gets away, though, she destroys the gate of time, which means you're out of luck. But she does tell you of a potential second gate. So now we go to, we have to go back to the sealed grounds. However, during this incident, when you're diving down, this is where Groose tries to intercept you midair to figure out what is going on. After Link explains everything and Groose sees the land, He's taken back. He's like, I don't know what's going on. So we progress forward. We get taught how to use the harp here by, you know, this this old woman. We get taught how we're going to need the song and a powered sword to bring up this gate of time. And you, we, we will power our sword through three sacred flames and these sacred flames are given another gift from the golden goddesses. So after learning all this, Link needs to travel back to Skyloft. Here, Link has to manipulate the windmills, and when he gets to the top, he plays the Ballad of the Goddess, which reveals a beam of light that shoots through the sky and into that sky dome, that cloud dome we've been seeing this whole game and didn't know what was in there. 
So once we travel in, we realize that it is a another temple, essentially. So we get there and we learn our first song, Furore's Courage. Now, when we have this, we can now access the silent realm to prove our worth to Furon. We can now access the silent realm to prove our worth of Furore. Once we do this, we get our first item of importance, which is the water dragon scale. This allows us to swim underwater. And we'll get into those items in another episode. But after all this, we go, we help the water dragon for Ron. And we end up getting the goddess longsword. Once we access the Ferrars flame, it changes our blade into the goddess longsword. After this, we have to then travel to prove our worth to Nehru. And we go we go through this in the Nehru desert. And I won't go super in depth in that. But at the end of that, we access the goddess's white sword. And the next phase is the important phase, because this answers a lot of questions for everyone. Once we access and prove our worth to Den's power for Den's power at the Elden Volcano, we then unlock the master sword. So if you were ever wondering if the goddess sword and the master sword are one and the same, now you have your answer. It is after this that we then have to help Groose fight once again the imprisoned and seal him away. And this is actually a pretty interesting battle phase because this is where we have to really use two we use two different characters to fight one boss. Groose launches the bombs to distract the imprisoned and we lay the waylay. So once this is all done, we then have to seek the Triforce. This leads us to having to unlock yet again another song. But this song is broken in three pieces and the dragons in each of the regions have part of the song. So we find ourselves yet again going back to these regions and we have to make contact and aid each one of the dragons with something uh, individually to unlock certain portions of the song. The song itself is known as the Song of the Hero. So once we get all of these song notes and we get all of the, you know, song put together, we then have to travel back to Skyloft. However, before we can do this, we have to put the imprisoned down again. So we put the imprisoned down again. We travel back to Skyloft and we have to go through a very interesting and I can't wait to talk about it next episode, uh, a very interesting dungeon, which is basically a combination of all the dungeons in the game. Uh, Once we get through this sliding puzzle dungeon, we have the Triforce and Link makes a wish. And what he wishes for is the destruction of Demise. So the entire island of the goddess breaks off from Skyloft, plummets to the surface, and seals permanently the sealed grounds, recreating the Temple of Time. However, this isn't the end. Once we have this happy ending and we think everything's going to be grand, oh, here comes Giraham again. He comes in, grabs Zelda, 
kidnaps her, jumps through the time portal, and here he begins to resurrect none other than Demise using Zelda's soul. During this time, we learn a couple things about Garam. Number one, he will do anything for his master. Number two, he's a living weapon. He is Demise's blade. And that is why he will do anything to resurrect Demise. So after defeating Garaham, it's too late. Demise resurrects. Then we must use the Skyloft or the... Then we must use the Sky Sword ability to defeat Demise, put him down once and for all. And this is the important part of the game where Demise lays a curse on all of us. Basically, in this moment, Demise pledges and curses that any time Zelda or the goddess Hylia is reincarnated and the hero is reincarnated, he is his vengeance, his hatred, and his disgust will be reincarnated as well. And after all this is done, we get the post or the we, we get the after credit scene, which is Gapora, Colin, and Stritch fly down through the cloud barrier to meet with Zelda, Link, and Groose. Groose returns back to Skyloft with the others, bidding farewell to Link and Zelda. And Link and Zelda are standing on the goddess statue. Link is playing the Ballad of the Goddess. And Zelda looks to Link and says she's always dreamt about the surface and that she's wanted to remain here. And she asks what Link's intentions are. Link smiles at her and the camera pans away. So it's only assumed that Link implied in that moment that he chooses to stay with Zelda. And I will not lie to you when I say I bald here. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> it was a sad moment. It was happy, sad. Well, at any rate, we, that was the quote unquote brief synopsis. <laughs> There's a lot of things we quite didn't quite get to, but that's all right. Cause we're going to get to them next episode. But on that note, I think it's time for a mid break. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. (laughs) And the first thing I want to do is read some of our reviews on Apple from some of our fans. We got two new ones. So our first review comes from I am the Buttercat. It says for the old and new five stars. Hi, Genesis here. Just wanted to stop in and say how amazing this podcast is. I've played a few of the LOZ games over the years, so I know some of the lore, but the way you deliver it makes things click and explains the parts that I missed out on. Great job, you two. Love the fun facts and can't wait for individual character breakdowns. I can't wait to do that either. I'm pretty excited about the individual characters. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) And our second new review comes from Seth A993. Great podcast. Five stars. I've only played a few Legend of Zelda games, but I have enjoyed all the ones I've played. I have heard the lore is a bit confusing, and I didn't really know where to start looking. Glad this podcast has given me a starting point. I can tell the hosts love the games and are knowledgeable about the world and lore of the Zelda universe, and I can't wait to hear more. Yes! (laughs) I love the Legend of Zelda games. 
huge staple in my gaming history. <laughs> but thanks for all the reviews and thank you all to everybody who listens and shares. Just thank you. Cannot thank you enough. Well, with all that being said, Ariel, what have you brought for us this week? Merch. Ooh. Like always. Of course. So this one's kind of cool, actually. It is the Legend of Zelda-inspired mystery box. Oh? Yeah. Who doesn't love a mystery box? Oh, good old mystery box. So it's on Etsy, and it starts at $17.99. But that's the small box. And it goes all the way up to extra large at $27.99. Ooh. And you have no idea what it is. <laughs> but it's all Legend of Zelda themed. I'm thinking maybe for an episode we might order one of these and just unbox it and see what we get. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I've brought merch as well this week. So my merch is a little different, though. Uh, I have the Legend of Zelda Legendary Edition box set. Now, this is, it's super cool because number one, it's shaped like the traditional Legend of Zelda treasure chest. And inside are the five mangas that the Legend of Zelda series has, which we will cover eventually. Um, but the cool part about this is when you open the box up, it does the item discovery sound effect. I thought that was the coolest. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so you can get that on Amazon. And right now, it is $90.02. There's a 28% discount on it. So I'd get it while the getting's good. 28% is such an odd percentage. I know, right? So the other thing, Ariel, we have a special announcement. What? We have a special code to give our fans now. Yeah. So, you know those ocarinas we constantly go on and on and on about because they're super awesome quality mm -hmm. and they're great? Well, the people from STL Ocarina reached out and have given us a code to give our listeners to get 10% off all their purchases. Ooh, that's what's up. <laughs> right? So, you can use this at checkout. We have the link in the show notes below if you want to just go directly to and don't want to have to worry about plugging the link in. Or if you want to go to the website and you want to use our code, our code is L-O-Z-Lore10. That's L-O-Z-Lore10. You can get 10% off your total Ocarina purchase. Heck yeah. I know. I'm super excited. <laughs> it's a fantastic company. And then for them to reach out to us and say, hey, we want to offer this to your fans. I was all about it. So I was, I was just super excited. So buy a bunch of ocarinas. <laughs> well, with all that being said, I think it's time for the end of the episode, don't you? Yep. And we're back. So I want to give a quick little blurt before we get to my favorite part of what's going to be these episodes, which is Ariel's little info dump, because I'm super excited to hear about these things. But <clears throat> I want to talk about the reception and how this game was received by the public. So... It was universally acclaimed and gained a Metacritic rating of 93 out of 100 when it was first released. It obtained an IGN score of 10 out of 10 and a 98% from the UK official Nintendo magazine. And it is still currently tied with Ocarina of Time 3D 
for the magazine's highest ever review score. However, GameSpot rated it lower than previous games in the Legend of Zelda series, and it, oh, they only gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Because it lacked more interesting places to explore. Now, I kind of feel like that's a little unfair. Because, yeah, it had a lot of places where it didn't have a whole lot of exploration like the other games in the series did. But it was still a fantastic game, and it answered a lot of questions for us in the past. Especially when it came time for the first Link. I'm not a fan of ratings anyways. It's just somebody else's opinion. (laughs) True. (laughs) But... Ratings can't be all right, right? Because when the game released, it's over, sold over 2 million copies worldwide in the first month. As of March 2012, it's it sold 3.52 million copies worldwide. So in a very short time, it sold a lot and fast. And still to this day, is one of the most talked about Legend of Zelda games in the series. So I'm with you on that, Ariel. Ratings don't mean a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, I'm going to turn it over to Ariel because she has some interesting info drops for us. I have lots of info drops Ooh. called Easter eggs. Yes. The Legend of Zelda series had a knack for dropping some Easter eggs on us. So when you get to the second form of demise at the end of the game, you can mess with him by taking out your bug net. <laughs> and moving it around, similar to the final battle with Ganondorf and Twilight Princess. Seriously? I didn't know about either one of those. Yes. He will remain focused on it instead of attacking you, giving you a chance to sneak in a couple of sword strikes. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to have to try this on my replay. So, Moonlight Merchant. You can only access this at a certain point in the game at around the Triforce Temple after the fourth and final Silent Realm. If you head into the Waterfall Cave on the east side of Skyloft at night, you should see blessed butterflies flying around about halfway through the cave, just before the steep incline. Play your harp to summon the Moonlight Merchant, a very special gossip stone. You can buy these rare treasures from him, which is often much easier than finding them in the wild. So you can get Dusk Relic, Evil Crystal, Monster Horn, Blue Bird Feather, Goddess Plume, and Golden Skull. Oh yeah, those are really hard to obtain most of the time. That would have been helpful to know on my first playthrough. Yeah. (laughs) So next one is Field of Kittens. Oh, I love this one. After acquiring the claw shots, many new areas are available for Link to discover. While many of these areas have new treasures and collectibles, some are seemingly just for fun. Fly to Skyloft and enter the Goddess Statue area. Navigate to the left of the statue and look up to find a claw shot bullseye. Hook your way up and over the wall to find a patch of flowers. Five adorable kittens will be napping, waiting to show Link some cuddly love. No, this is why I love it. (laughs) And the next one, angry kittens can fly. (laughs) The kittens that live in Skyloft attack you at night. Once you have the gust bellows, 
Go out in Skyloft at night, and when a kitten attacks you, hit it twice with your sword and it will run away meowing. Pick up the kitten and throw it in the water at a place where it can get out, like the steps near Kukil's house. Get near enough to make it come out of the water to attack you again, and the angry kitten will shake itself, flap its ears, curl its tail, and fly into the air. (laughs) So... I just want to stop and say the kittens we're talking about are the rumlets. I think it's hilarious that the place where we got the info from did not specifically name them as rumlets. <laughs> <laughs> so use the gust bellows to blow it around and it will get even angry and yell at you. The kittens fly back to their usual nighttime locations in Skyloft. Also, if you throw a kitten off Skyloft during the day, they will flap their ears and land back on Skyloft. <laughs> Why would you throw them? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Glittering spores. You can find glittering spores in Farron Woods in the mushroom patch near the eastern entrance. Hit a mushroom with your sword and then ready an empty bottle to swipe the cloud of glitter up. You will get five doses of glittering spores. And you can dump them on enemies to stun them for a few seconds, even while you attack. Dump them on insects after sneaking up to them to slow them down immensely. And dump them on heart plants to turn them into a fairy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never tried the heart plant. I have tried everything else, but not the heart plant. Okay, getting into Zelda's room. Zelda's room is locked, but you can enter it via a chimney on the roof. Climb around to the roof using the ledge by the upper entrance to the Night Academy. Use the claw shots on the target on the top of the chimney's reverse side, and you can get inside the Academy. If you do this at night, Gaporo will be taking a bath below the spot where you land. <laughs> <laughs> Crawl through the passage and you can access Zelda's room. Here you can do several things. Examine Zelda's diary by sitting in her chair. Get one gratitude crystals only at night. Get a heart piece out of the cabinet and find a Tingle doll. I need to do this now because I have to see our boy Tingle. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, next up is goddess harp melodies if you begin to play the goddess harp in skyloft or in other locations it will play in harmony with the music of the area in addition if you press a on the wii remote during the final credits you can play along with the ending music it makes watching the credits not so boring (laughs) next up is gossip stones Gossip stones are small statues that offer helpful advice and reward you with a treasure for discovering them. You can recognize a gossip stone location by a blessed butterfly swarm. Take out the goddess's harp and strum it in the middle of the butterflies to make the stone appear, similarly to a goddess well. Certain things happen when you interact with a gossip stone. Upon revealing a gossip stone, it will produce a random treasure. Talking to a gossip stone will reveal hints specific to the area you are in. 
If you bomb a gossip stone, it will fly into the sky, and if they hit something, they'll blow up and sprout out of the ground again. I've never tried to blow one up. (laughs) (laughs) You can latch onto them with the whip. You can blow on them with the gust bellows. You can knock them in different directions with your sword. Play your goddess harp, and the gossip stones will sway to music. When you shoot a gossip stone with your bow, a single green rupee will pop out each time you hit it. Hmm. I love the fact that they've kept gossip stones even in the very first game in chronological order because the gossip stones have always been here. (laughs) So, Beetle's Backdoor. If you enter Beetle's shop, and select an item and then decline buying it, he activates a trap door that will send you falling to the ground below as you leave. This did happen to me. First playthrough, I was like, oh, I guess I don't have enough. And then he just drops me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next one I have is the reversed ocarina song. When played in reverse, Zelda's theme and the main theme of Skyward Sword is actually Zelda's lullaby from Ocarina of Time. Now, I did know about this one because when the game starts up, that song plays and I was like, this sounds so familiar. And then I listened to Zelda's Lullaby and was like, oh, my God, it's just Zelda's Zelda's Lullaby backwards. (laughs) So when walking around places like the bazaar, walking near many of the townsfolk and vendors will cause the music to change slightly to reflect that character's personality. I did notice this one as well. In the cutscene before the wing ceremony, the announcer will state that it is the 25th anniversary of the Night Academy, just like 2011 is Zelda's 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Which we mentioned earlier, yep. In the fight to save Zelda at the bottom of the sealed grounds, a few of the red bokoblins with the horn will play a tune that is different from the one normally played. This tune is the tune used to summon the flying duck on the flute in The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. <laughs> Headmaster Gapora's features resemble the owl Kapora Gapora and The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Their names are very similar, and the wise old owl is said to be the reincarnation of an ancient sage. Also, in the cutscene after Zelda is kidnapped, Gapora ends one of his messages with hoo hoo. <laughs> yes. I loved that little nod. The Great Spirit of the Skies, Levias, shares a striking similarity to the Windfish, a flying whale from Link's Awakening. Levias is also infested with parasites, just as was Jabu Jabu in Ocarina of Time, whose appearance was also remarkably similar to that of the Windfish. Mm-hmm. We are going to dedicate an entire episode to discuss this theory. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to cover is uh, gameplay introduced in earlier games. So the Silent Realm part of Skyward Sword is taken from Twilight Princess, where Wolf Link had to collect tears in order to fill a vessel of light several times throughout the game. Mm-hmm. A Link to the Past also had alternate alternate realm sections of gameplay, notably the Dark World, 
While there, Link could only travel as a pink rabbit until obtaining the Moon Pearl, which looks similar to the one of the tears from Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Yup. And the last thing, the Silent Realm Guardians are analogs of the phantoms from Phantom Hourglass that appear in the temples of the Ocean King. I never noticed that until now, but yeah, you're right. And that's all I'm going to cover today on Easter eggs. Yeah, because there's a lot more to cover. <laughs> I will I will shout out an Easter egg that I found that a lot of the people didn't, which is if you ever wondered why the Rimlets did get violent with you at night or why there were enemies in Skyloft at night, it is actually because Skyloft suffers from demonic influence. There is a mission that if you if you don't try to 100% the game, you'll miss. There's a small mission where a mother is looking for her daughter. And you go through and you get some bit tidbits of info and you're traveling around and you talk to certain people and you'll get a dialogue option which someone tells you that if you move one of the tombstones at night, it'll open a secret passage. Well, when you go down the secret passage, you hear the little girl scream. You burst into the door and you find a demon who's absolutely petrified of you. And he explains that he does not want to be a demon. He wants to be human, but he needs those happiness crystals that you keep getting. If you get him enough, he'll be human again and the remlets will stop attacking you at night. And no more enemies will appear in Skyloft. You mean kittens? <laughs> well, with all that being said, I think it's time to bid everyone adieu. But before we go, I just want to let everybody know, next episode we're going to be coming the enemies and the characters in Skyward Sword. So until next time, thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZ Lorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.